This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. down shaking together and listen you know you know sometimes it's so easy uh, especially when we're very familiar with things we're familiar with scripture we're familiar with the truth and something but you know we have to understand it's still not automatic it still has to be met with our faith don't let your faith get you know flabby you know keep your faith strong be in that word. Amen. I mean, you know, go on our podcast or listen to it again. You know, I find out, you know, sometimes when I listen to it again, I hear something different than I heard before. Something that might be just exactly what you need or what you're doing right now. You know, anybody, anybody uh, facing any kind of a, a test or a trial or going through anything right now, the enemy's coming against you. Well, rejoice and be glad. That's what, that's what the Apostle James said, count it all joy. You know, and I found this out, you know, when God's about to do something in our lives or through, you know, through us, that's when the enemy, he always shows up. You know, he always wants to show up, and he's doing his best to try to discourage you or to get you to give up just as you're just about your breakthroughs there. So let me encourage you this morning. Do like James said, count it all joy. Amen. Hallelujah. God will even use the devil if you'll, you know. To let you know something, something good's on the way. Amen. Because listen, after Jesus, listen, Jesus, he, he, he came to John the Baptist. He was baptized in water. He came up. God spoke in an audible voice. The Holy Spirit came down in visible form like a dove. I mean, man, I, I, mean, I, I wouldn't mind having a meeting like that. But right after that, what happened? Guess who showed up? But then guess right? what happened when he stood fast? What happened after that? That's when his ministry, it says the fame of his ministry went out everywhere because the anointing of God was on him. So listen, you're getting ready for a fresh anointing. You stand fast. You stand fast. All right. That's not my message. That's all free. That's extra. We're talking about Household salvation and your household. You shall be saved in your household. Acts 16.31, Paul speaking to the jailer there at Philippi said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Get, keep your faith connected to this promise from God for your family. This is what we're emphasizing this month. But keep it connected there because we've got God's promise. Listen, I, I, I'm like, God, listen, if my whole, my whole family's not there in heaven, we're going to have to have a confab because I'm believing. I'm standing in the gap. I'm praying for them. You, you gave me a promise. I'm going to spend eternity with my family. Amen? Don't let the devil tell you, yeah, well, it's not going to work. Remember, he's a liar, right? So anyway, in connection with this today, we want to talk about the compassion of God. The compassion of God. You know, uh, and when you think of compassion, you know, we think of kindness. We think of sympathy, you know. But really, there's a deeper meaning than that. And if you look in the original uh, word, you know, the root word. Of course, a lot of our words, are, our root words are in from the Latin. It's uh, compate, 
C-O-M-P-A-T-I, and it means to suffer with, not just, you know, feel sympathy for, but suffer, but suffer with. And, you know, uh, this is what Jesus did for us. He took on himself the form of a human being, a form of a man, you know, and it says that in all ways he was tempted just like we were. In other words, so that he could be a faithful high priest. Of course, he never sinned, but he knows what it's like to have the pressure of temptation. He knows what it's like. And so he can, he can be a faithful and compassionate Savior, high priest, and intercessor for us. You know, I'm glad that Jesus didn't come as a judge. Boy, it'd been over quick, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, I'm glad he didn't come, you know, talking about, you know, uh, how great I am and all that. The Bible says he humbled himself and became a, uh, became a servant. He never, he never tooted his own horn. He never came in that way. And so as we look at him, we think about how his compassion was released toward us. Then, you know, that gives us an idea and an indication how our compassion should be released toward our family members. Amen. Listen, compassion means this. Someone else's suffering becomes my suffering. Think about going through life, all that's going on right now, and not having Jesus in your life. Well, that'll stir up some compassion right there, won't it? I don't know how people do it. I really don't know. I don't know. You know, they're, they're in darkness. They, they have, where's your anchor? Where's your hope? Where's your strength? I mean, you know. And what you can do, and what somebody else can do. It means their pain becomes your pain. Their condition becomes your condition. Or we could say it this way, I feel what you feel. And you know what? Uh, let's look in Hebrews 4. Let's turn over there. You know, this is the only way you can really effectively become an intercessor for your family. It's the only way. Because if you don't feel what they feel, if, if you've got a different attitude, if you've got a different spirit than the spirit of compassion, then you know, you're like, well, they deserve what they're getting. Well, aren't you glad you didn't get what you deserve? Well, wait a minute before you're real quick to heap that on them. I, listen, none of us got what we deserve. Jesus got what we deserved, didn't he? Jesus got what we deserved. So, you know, here's the thing. Let's don't be so quick to jump over there and jump on their family members. Man, before you knew Jesus, you did some stuff just as stupid. <laughs> I, I know I did. I was at the head of the class on stupid. Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> you do stupid stuff when you're following the devil. <laughs> Verse 14, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Listen, you, boy, you've got an intercessor. You've got an intercessor. Jesus, your faithful high priest. He said, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, see, if we're going to be an effective intercessor, just as Jesus is 
an effective one for us. We're going to have to empathize. We're going to have to have compassion for our family members. Not judgment. Not like God, you know, break their teeth, crack their jaw. You know. Well, listen, we're in a different covenant. <laughs> you know, you remember, you remember the, what was it, James, I think it was James and John. It was James and John, the sons of thunder, they called them. You know. Obviously, that name wasn't for any reason. I have imagined they have a they had a bit of a problem, maybe with their temper, or maybe a little judgmental, because it said one time, it said Lord, shall we? You know, Jesus was going to go into Samaria, and they didn't want him to come, and they said, Lord, shall we call down fire from heaven? <laughs> Boy, I tell you, I've run into some Christians; they have that same attitude. Well, I tell you what, Dad, gum Democrats, Republicans, God, just kill them all. Depends on which way you're praying, you know. <laughs> that's so silly. No, listen, that's not what it's about. We are to have compassion. You know, it's a whole lot easier if we just leave all the judgment stuff to God. Amen. Let's just leave all that to Him, okay? And, you know, if I'm going to err, I'm going to err in love. I'm going to err in compassion. You know, I'm not going to nitpick everybody. You know, your family members, you know, you get together at the holidays or something and Oh, boy. That self-righteous attitude of yours comes up. Oh, I'm so holy. I don't think I could eat at the table with them. Well, Jesus was criticized because he was always eating at the table with publicans and sinners, wasn't he? Come on, prostitutes. Oh, my gosh. Don't let the neighbors see them come to dinner. Come on. See, we have, to, we have to be full of compassion. We're talking about our family members, but, it, you know, it's gotta, it's, it should go past that too. But listen, have compassion. Listen, they're going through some tough stuff. If you know what they're going through, they don't have Jesus. Man, if anybody ought to have compassion, it ought to be people of God. Man, they're family, but we also know what they're trying to deal with in this time, all the stuff that's going on. Yeah, I mean, the spirit of fear is palpable throughout the world, whether it's wars, whether it's the economy, whether it's COVID, whatever it might be, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of fear that the devil is doing his best to perpetrate. And we need to be there and show the compassion of God. The Lord is merciful and compassion, the psalmist said. Amen. Slow to get angry. Hello. One of the hallmarks of compassion is slow to get angry. Are you slow to get angry with that old potty mouth member of your family? Y'all, anybody got a potty mouth in your family? I used to be the potty mouth many years ago, I got to say. But, you know, we all have those people at one time in our family that we're believing for. It's slow to get anger. Filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. Wow. Well, surely He's not good to... Hello? We're so quick to judge in the body of Christ when we should be slow to anger, quick to have compassion. He showers compassion on all His creation. God's not angry with your family. Boy, thank you for that. Boy, got quiet. I thought I heard somebody thinking, well, he ought to be. Maybe not. Maybe that was just my own. 
reasoning. But listen, God's not mad at your family. He's not mad at your family. For God so loved just about everybody. No, he so loved the world, didn't he? Well, I'll tell you what. Like I said, see, some of y'all, y'all are so righteous that, you, you know, you did God a favor when you came into the kingdom. Well, I'll tell you, he found me in the gutter, you know, from the uttermost to the guttermost. He can save them all. So he's not mad at our family members. And here's the thing. See, that changes my attitude. If I know I don't have to correct everything in their life, I don't have to judge everything in their life, you know, that I don't have to be mad so that they'll know I don't agree with their lifestyle. I don't know. You put that. I don't know how the Pharisees looked, but they had that look, didn't they? Self-righteous. We're social distancing, even without COVID. <laughs> Hello. He showers compassion on all His creation. So if God's not angry with our family, neither should we be. Neither should we be. And I'm going to tell you what, that really frees you up. Just love them. Amen? L listen, let me just go ahead and tell you, people are going to misunderstand you when you do this. Isn't that they misunderstand Jesus? He said, he said I, he, these are the people that God called me to, the people that are sick, the people that need salvation, the people that need forgiveness, the people that need to be made whole. But he got criticized. He said he's a partier and a, you know, and a wine bibber. Jesus, every time you turn around, Jesus is at a feast of some kind. With all them sinners drinking all that wine. Hello, come on. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Listen, uh, the, the Passion Translation of, of what I just read there in Psalm 145, it says, You're kind and tenderhearted to those who don't deserve it. Okay, anybody that deserved it, you get to be the first critic and throw out the first rock. Very patient with people who fail you. See, I know all y'all are holy out there. Your love is like a flooding river, overflowing its banks with kindness. God, everyone sees your goodness. You know, Paul said over there in Romans, he said, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, not the anger of God. For your tender love is blended into everything you do. Let me ask you this, and you don't have to answer it out loud, but just, have you ever failed God? How did it feel? Boy, I tell you, you just needed somebody to pile on, didn't you? Did you have somebody that showed you judgment or compassion? Boy. Yep. Hopefully not from the same person. I tell you what, at a time like that, you really don't need any judgment, do you? Man, your conscience is working on you real good. And the devil, of course, he'll come along and give you a couple of quick kicks anytime you know he's good for a couple of quick kicks when you're down but you know the last thing you need is for somebody else to come along and just pile on isn't that right holy cow that's like seeing somebody you know it's been in a bad accident and they're bleeding on the street and you go over there and say what in the world were you thinking didn't you see that truck coming they're bleeding the whole time <laughs> hello 
It's just about that silly. In Isaiah 54.10, he says this, The mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. Hallelujah. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Let's turn over to uh, 1 Corinthians 13. You know where I'm going with this. Hello. The compassion of God. What does it look like? I'm glad the Scriptures spell it out so we don't have to guess. Verse 4, love is patient. 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 Love is kind. See, some people are patient, but they're not kind while they're at it. You know, they're patient, but boy, they're, I mean, they're scratching and clawing and griping and complaining. And, you know, you just like, keep your patience. (laughs) It's costing me too much. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. You know, some, some Christians are so proud, they can't be around, you know, they can't be around an unsaved loved one or an unsaved, you know, around a, Christian, uh, a sinner or something. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, you ought to get saved and get the real deal. Jesus was around sinners every day. It didn't seem to bother him. Hello? <clears throat> it does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking, not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Hello. I'll tell you what. Man, oh man. Listen, we our family members, boy, they they know everybody knows everybody, don't they? They know all your stuff. It says it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. I mean, you know, some people, man, they're just broadcasting everything that's bad. Everything that's bad about their family members. Everything's bad about people in church. Everything's bad about the preacher. Everything's bad about the country. I mean, you listen to them, you think everything's bad. I mean, it's just bad, 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 bad. Come on. But see, you can tell they're not, they're not living out of love. Because love, that's not what love sees. Love sees what's good. Love sees what can be. You know what? God saw what could be in us. When Jesus was hanging there on the cross, He saw what could be. That's, that's faith. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. And faith works by love. And the love of Jesus hanging there on the cross saw what we could be. And He sees also what your family member can be. And if you'll walk in love, Jesus and the Holy Spirit will help you see what they can be. Amen. He says, loves not the light and evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It protects. It doesn't spread everything. It protects. It guards. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Well, I've been believing for my family members for 900 years. Well, thank God they're still alive so you can still hang on to this promise. This promise is still true. Brother Mike shared last week about two of his family members. I'm telling you what. Man, I'm telling you what. Even if they get in at the last hour, man, I'm going to tell you what. Remember the parable Jesus talked about the laborers? 
Some were hired in the morning. Some were hired the last hour. They all got paid the same thing. Now, don't you go getting all mad because when I saw those that got mad, it wasn't good. You know, I, I remember years ago, you know, when I first got saved and people, you know, I thought I had to be the Bible answer man. Anybody ever go through that phase where you thought you had to have an answer for everybody? Finally, I got smart enough to know. I wasn't smart enough to know the answer for everybody. <laughs> but, you know, people talk about, you know, is this group going to get in? Is that group going to get in? Is this, you know, you know, and they're splitting hairs because, you know, they don't believe like we do. So, they, you know, they don't baptize like we do. And, uh, you know, and, and, and they do this and we don't do that and whatever. And they're getting into all this stuff, you know, outward stuff. Finally, I just, I just kind of came up with this answer. I told him, I said, let me, let me just, I, this is all I can tell you. I said, I don't know about all that stuff you're talking about, but I can tell you this. Whoever God lets in, it'll be all right with me. If they get in at the last minute or if they've been, they served 900 years. You know, some of those old saints over there, in the, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, man, they live a long time. They serve God a long time. I guess they're going to be at the head of the line by your thinking. Amen. <laughs> Aren't you glad that's not God? God is compassionate. He is kind. He is to all. He's not willing that any should perish. Amen. In Psalm 103, it says, The Lord is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger. He will not always accuse. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, not God. Satan's the one that's doing the accusing. So when you lend your tongue to accusation, that's, that's not the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That's a different spirit. Don't, don't yield your members to that. Remember, James talked about that, didn't he? He said, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. We are dust. That means that we are not perfect. Amen. We are of the earth. We are subject to failure at times. And, you know, and especially people that don't know the Lord. Your family members. Listen, see things, see them as you should see them. Expecting a sinner to be like a Christian, amen, it's, that's just ludicrous. It's not going that's like expecting a bird to swim and a fish to fly. It's just not in their nature. It's not going to happen. Sinners sin. When I was a sinner, I sinned real good. You know, but when I became a follower of Jesus, I'm, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm doing it pretty good. I've been doing it pretty good for a while. Still got a lot of room to grow. Don't misunderstand me. So he, he says, the Lord has compassion on those who fear him because he knows that what? We're just dust. So how do you see your family members? How do you see them? How are you looking at them? You're looking at them through love, through compassion? through patience, through forbearance? Do you, do you look at them at, through faith, seeing what they could be in the, as a handiwork of God? Man, they, they, they could be, uh, you know, a stalwart for God. They might turn into a mighty intercessor. They might become, uh, you know, somebody who, who, who wins, uh, you know, hundreds to the Lord. 
Amen. They could, that might be somebody that, you know, they might be very, very successful in business. They get saved. They could put thousands and thousands of dollars into the kingdom. There's all kind of talents that you could see in them now that when God got a hold of them, those things get directed in a godly way. I mean, it could, it could make a huge difference. Not to mention, you know, it's a good thing to miss hell. I know some people, you know, well, you shouldn't tell people that. Just miss hell. Well, I bet if you went there five minutes, you'd change your attitude. Amen. Hell, the Bible says hell was created not for man, but for the devil and his angels. So that's, that's not our environment. Heaven is our environment. The kingdom of God is our right environment. That is our right inheritance. And our family members who don't know that yet, we are going to help them. We're going to pray. We're going to believe. We're going to, we're going to love them. We're going to have compassion toward them. We're going to be patient toward them. We're going to do everything we can. And God's going to be faithful to His promise. And they're going to come into the kingdom. They will be saved. They will be saved. And they're going to be up there through eternity with us. Hallelujah. Boy, what a time we're going to have. Isn't that going to be great? You ever think about the New Jerusalem? Just a little side note here. According to Revelations, uh, the New Jerusalem is 1,800 miles cubed. That's roughly the distance between here and San Antonio, Texas. Every direction and up. Boy, I'd like to have one of them balcony windows. Woo, I bet that view would be pretty good up there, wouldn't it? 18, can you imagine that? And, and I mean, all the streets are paved with gold. Can you imagine how many streets are in a city that big? That's a whole lot of gold. Woo. Mm-mm-mm. Well, you could fit a few mansions in there too, couldn't you? Well, man, let's bring our family members with us. And that, you know, and that's just that's just a little little thing. The big thing is we're gonna be in the presence of God. The glory of God, the angels of God, the saints glorified with our brand new bodies. Hallelujah. I get all my hair back. Yeah. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, yeah. You watch. <laughs> I'm going to remind you. I told you I was going to get it all back. God deals with us according to His compassion, not according to our acts or failures. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? You know, the Bible talks about when we sin, you know, if we will confess our sins, He's just and faithful to forgive us. That's part of the repentance, okay? But listen, the Bible doesn't talk about penance. See, penance is when we beat ourselves up for a while before we repent or in addition to repenting. And we think if we beat ourselves up long enough, well, now God, okay, if I suffered enough, God, do you forgive me? See, that's, that's, that's not real. See, that's religious thinking. No, we go to God and we say, this is what I did. And see, you're just confessing it to him. He already knew it. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. But see, that's, that's the doorway into forgiveness. And then after that, see, God doesn't bring it up anymore. But see, this old penance thing just keeps beating you up over it, beating you up over it, beating you up over it. Yeah, remember what you said? You remember how you lost your temper? Remember how you gave him peace of your mind? Blah, 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 blah. So if God deals with us that way, how should we deal with our family members? 
Be patient with them. I'm telling you what, there's some of our family members, they would just be bowled over if you, you started treating them this way. They, they, it would absolutely disarm them. Come on. You loved them in spite of themselves. The way God loved you in spite of yourself. <laughs> compassion. Compassion. Think about how great is His compassion toward us. I mean, I mean, who's been a Christian uh, 40 years at least? Okay, who's been a Christian longer than 40 years? Keep your hand up, that's still you. Wow. Okay, how about more than, than 50 years? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you what. For me, it's been 44 going on 45. So you know what? I've been shown a lot of compassion in 45 years. And whatever time you've been saved, I bet if I said, how many have been saved 20 years, there'd probably be a lot of hands go up. How many have been saved at least 20 years? Yes, a lot. A lot of compassion has flowed to you in that time. A lot of forgiveness has flowed to you in that time. A lot of long-suffering and patience has flowed to you. Amen? And, and you know, and it didn't keep God's blessing off of you. Hello? We should deal with others as God does us. Look in First Peter real quickly, chapter three. Are y'all getting anything out of this, or verse eight? Anybody? I didn't get mine out of my office. Anybody happen to have an amplified on them? Anybody reading from an amplified today? You got an amplified? Can I borrow your Bible a minute? I want to read it. I meant to bring mine in. Huh? It's your church Bible. Okay. I'll make sure I get it back. <laughs> First Peter chapter 3. And verse number 8. Why is this print so small? <laughs> What's she say? Dude, I got one pair on. I might need two pair. Who knows? Okay. First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 8, if I can find a verse here. You think I'm kidding. It's small. Okay, here we go. Finally, all of you be like-minded, united in spirit, sympathetic, Brotherly, kind-hearted, courteous, and compassionate toward each other as members of one household. Humble in spirits. Never return evil for evil. Ooh. Boy, we, we're getting down to it now, aren't we? As they used to say, you're shucking the peas now. <laughs> This is where we really live. Hello. Boy, it's easy to be happy in here and smile and shout and say amen in church. But boy, you're giving them, giving them family members an old potty mouth. Cuts loose and boy, I'm telling you, you want to straighten them out, don't you? Or insult for insult after they insult you. Mm. Avoid, avoid scolding and berating. And any kind of abuse, 
but on the contrary, give a blessing. Pray for one another's well-being, contentment, and protection. For you have been called for this very purpose, that you might inherit a blessing from God that brings well-being, happiness, and protection for you. Let me get her church Bible back to her. I don't want to get in here. I'd be in trouble. You already had that marked, and I didn't even see it. She had those verses marked off, bracketed off. Well, listen, don't get mad at me. I read over there in Luke where it says the, the scroll was given to Jesus, and he said he had to find the place. He said he found the, the scroll of the book of Isaiah was given. He said he found the place where it was written. Hey, I'm in good, I'm in good company. All right. This is, we should deal with others, you know. This is what compassion about. This is what Peter is, you know. And I think if anybody understood how much compassion they'd received, it was Peter, wasn't it? Man, we can identify with Peter so much, can't we? You know, speak before you think. Act before you think. Impulsive, you know. A little bit braggadocious. Oh, I'll never, I'll, I'll never do that, Lord. He was the first one to do it. But, you know, he, he understood. He had received compassion. He received compassion. He received forgiveness. He re- See, because that brings us to restoration. You know? You're, 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 you know, your criticism, your condemnation, that's, that's not going to bring anybody to, <laughs> to the Lord. That's going to drive them off. So let's do as Peter uh, commanded us, God through Peter commanded us, to treat one another. Don't berate people. Don't insult people. Don't trade evil for evil, but bless them. Bless them. Amen? You get in your prayer closet, and you, you stand on that promise, and you speak the blessing of God over them. Amen? Absolutely. Stand for your family. You know, it's interesting, Moses over there, he said he asked to see the glory of God. Remember that? And God told him, he said, I'm going to cause all my goodness, my loving kindness, and my compassion to pass before you. See, isn't this interesting that the glory of God is displayed one way is through his compassion. His compassion. You know, I really believe this. It is the glory of the saints to forgive those who trespass against them. There's no glory when you fight back, when you trade insult for insult, when you, you condemn them. There's, there's no glory in that. The glory comes, you know, comes through when we are just like Jesus, like the Father. We forgive. Yeah, but I haven't forgiven them a whole lot of times. Well, you've been forgiven a whole lot of times too. Stop counting. That's your problem right there. Isn't it interesting? We count everybody else's trespasses against us, but we don't keep up with ours. What's your running toll? Okay. Some action points, and then we want to pray for our family members. We've got them up here. Uh, if you, for some reason, you haven't had an opportunity to, to, to write their names down and put them in a little a receptacle up here, uh, we'll give you a chance to do that. But here's the thing. Pray for your family. Pray daily for your family. Just pray for them. You don't have to pray hours on end, but just every day. You know, and, and a lot of times after I've prayed 
for my family members. I prayed about their salvation and everything. You know, then what I do is I just, maybe I'll go back and I'll just say, Lord, I'm standing. You know what I prayed? I'm standing in faith. Acts 16, 31. You know, I'm standing in faith for, you know, whoever it is, for my son, for my daughter, for my spouse, whoever it is. Uh, Yeah, Lord. And I just, I just kind of, that prayer's there. See, God hadn't forgotten what I prayed. <laughs> and so I just, I just kind of hold it up in remembrance to myself and to God. But I just, Lord, I'm standing. You said it. You said it. You said it. My family will also be saved. You said it. I'm, Lord, I'm standing in the gap for them. I'm standing for them. They will be saved. You, you're working in their lives. You're sending labors across their path. You're opening their heart like you did Lydia on the, on the, on the riverbank. You opened her heart to the gospel. I said, I'm standing. Lord, I'm holding you up. You see it. You see it. You know it. I'm standing here. You said it. You know. And then look for ways you can show compassion to each of them. Man, just go out of your way. Are they struggling or something and you can help them? Step in there and help them. Don't preach to them. Show them compassion. Show them compassion. You know, most of the time our family members, they won't listen to us anyway. Uh, Isn't it true? That's just the way it is, you know. I mean, I don't care if you had four PhDs. Amen. You know, especially if they're older than you. Forget that. Amen. Hey, hey, no, hey. Young whippersnapper, you don't know nothing. But you know what? Everybody responds to compassion. The cat, the dog, the goldfish, your family members. Isn't that true? I mean, it's true. Every living thing responds to compassion. So see ways. How can you show them compassion? You know? Cook them a meal sometime. Take it over. Cook them their favorite dessert. Take it over. Visit with them. Just, you know, just love on them. Amen. They might think you just got saved. <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, it, it love has a way of disarming people. You know, you can't, who wants to fuss about somebody that's, that's showing you compassion and love? You know, I mean, at first they may be suspicious. What do you want? But if you just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. Just keep showing them love. Just keep showing them compassion. No ulterior motives except before God to see them saved. (laughs) And then, you know, they'll begin to respond to that. And the thing is, see, for them to respond to the compassion of God in you that you're showing them, that softens their heart. And so the word that they've already heard or the word that they, they will hear, God will send somebody by their path, then their heart is more open and receptive because you've already prepared the ground through your prayers and intercession and also through the love and compassion you've shown them. That's like, it's like water on the field. It just softens the ground. It softens their heart. And all of a sudden, somebody else comes along and begins to tell them about God's compassion through Jesus, and then they're open to it. They don't just reject it outright. It doesn't just run off of them like, you know, uh, hard dirt, hard compacted dirt. See, what, if we do this, 
we can begin to see household salvation for our family members. Absolutely we can. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to pray for our family members here. Uh, and also, if you have a particular personal need. But first of all, uh, <clears throat> uh, we want to pray for our family needs. We're going to have communion here in just a minute, too. But if you haven't, is, is everybody here that wanted to, have you written down? Is anybody that's not written down the name of family members? and Put it up here. I don't see. Oh, right here, one hand. Right over here, uh, Thomas, please. Thank you, brother. Anyone else? Lights in my eyes, I can't always see. Okay. Hallelujah. Well, we know what Paul said. And I believe Paul was a man of God. Amen. So I believe, boy, look at these things. Can you imagine? Oh, look at this. There must, there must be hundreds. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.